Detroit Today on 101.9 WDT. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember to join us tomorrow night, if you'd like, from 7 to 8.30 p.m. for a virtual smart politics conversation about all things election 2020. We are respecting the limits that we all have to live in now because of the pandemic and not gathering as we normally would in a restaurant or a bar for our smart politics happy hour. Instead, we're going to do it on Zoom so you can sit anywhere you like in your house and join us to have a conversation about all the things that have happened here in 2020 and what you're thinking about as we get closer to Election Day next Tuesday. So again, Thursday, tomorrow night from 7 to 8.30 p.m. The only thing you got to do if you want to participate is register before the event begins at WDET.org slash events. Up first today, we are now less than one week away from the November election, and it might be the most unusual and most consequential election that many of us will ever live through. The coronavirus pandemic is changing the way elections are run and handled, putting much more emphasis on absentee ballots and other forms of early voting. Cyber threats are more sophisticated than they have ever been. And the nation hasn't been this divided in recent memory. The way this election is run and the level of confidence that Americans have in the results could have life or death consequences on multiple fronts. And that is not hyperbole. What happens next Tuesday is going to set us on a path that could decide the fate of our democracy and our nation's identity. That's where we want to start the show today, and we want to hear from you. How are you feeling about the election now that we are less than a week away? Do you have confidence that the results will reflect the will of the American voters? And what questions do you have about the process of voting this year? And importantly, What questions do you have about how votes will be counted? There are lots of things in play about counting votes this year that we haven't seen before. Here to talk about what we here in Michigan are doing to make sure things go relatively smoothly is Michigan's top elections official, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. Jocelyn, welcome back to Detroit Today. Good morning. How are you today on this Wednesday morning I'm, in October? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I would imagine I'm a little less stressed perhaps than you are <laughs> with <laughs> just six days to go uh, before Election Day. Uh, let's start there. Uh, talk about where we are in terms of preparing for next Tuesday now that we are less than a week out. You know, it's interesting. I, I'm not feeling stressed. I'm actually feeling quite confident and ready. We're on track for record-breaking voter turnout in the midst of a pandemic, which is quite remarkable. And that not only shows that Michigan voters are participating, engaged, enthusiastic, but also they, they trust our election system. They're working to ensure that their vote will be counted and their voice will be heard. And my goodness, our 1,600 clerks all across the state and thousands of election workers who've signed up to serve this year are really the champions and heroes of this effort. We are ready to go, and, and I'm uh, you know on track to see a successful election where every vote is counted because of their hard work, and, and that inspires me a lot. Mm. So I saw a stat this morning on CNN as I was getting ready to come do the show. 
71 million Americans have already voted. That's a staggering, staggering yeah. number. Uh, you alluded in your first answer to the fact that we're on pace for record turnout uh, in in Michigan. I, I think people sometimes get those two stats confused. Early voting is important, and it's and it's available to us in a way that wasn't available before here in Michigan. But it, that doesn't automatically mean higher turnout. I mean, it could be that people who would already who would who would vote anyway would be turning out. But what you're saying is we are seeing more people cast ballots even before we get to election day. That's right. I mean, we anticipate that probably two thirds of our citizens will vote. Uh, before Election Day uh, and uh, before next Tuesday. And we're on, on track to see that already 2.2 million citizens have voted. Over 100,000 citizens in the city of Detroit have returned their ballots. And, you know, the turnout in 2016 in Detroit was just over 200,000. So you're seeing a, a significant number of people vote early and say they want to vote early. Uh, and that puts us on track to, you know, even if uh, you know, a third of the overall voting electorate, which is what we anticipate turns out on Election Day, we're on track to have between five and five and a half million people vote in this election, which is uh, which exceeds the 2008 uh, turnout, which is what we saw for the previous record and is, a you know, again, a great message, a great sign that our democracy is healthy and, uh, you know, can survive this current moment that we're in, can even you know, thrive in the midst of a pandemic where, again, more people, if, if the metric is, you know, the number of people voting, um, that's that metric, that that sign is off the charts. And yeah. that's, a, you know, a really, really great thing. Yeah. So uh, we've been trying to do this quite frequently on the show as we get closer to Election Day. But I want to I want to for sure do it while I have you here. If you're somebody who has not yet made a plan to cast your ballot uh, in this in this election and you don't think you're going to go on election day, what options are still open to you? How how can people make sure that they can cast their ballots and it'll count uh, if they're if they're still not going to show up and, and vote at the polls on November 3rd? Well, there's three avenues and then two caveats. So the first is if you already have your ballot, and there's over a million citizens who have a ballot in hand who have not yet returned it. Uh, return it uh, by 8 p.m. on Election Day, completed, of course, in, in an envelope. Sign your name outside that envelope and turn it into your local clerk, your city or township clerk, or at your local Dropbox, and you can find a location of both at michigan.gov slash vote. Uh, the second option is to, if you don't have a ballot, you can pick it up anytime between now and Monday at 4 o'clock, and you can get your ballot from your city or township clerk uh, or a satellite office. In Detroit, there are 21 satellite clerk's offices. You can get your ballot, complete it, and return it either right then and there, or you can return it by 8 p.m. on Election Day, either through that same clerk's office or at a local Dropbox. And then your final option is, of course, to vote in person on Election Day uh, at your local precinct. Uh, and my staff has actually physically visited the precincts in Detroit uh, to confirm their readiness, Flint as well, and many other jurisdictions. So we're, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything possible to ensure that precinct-based voting remains smooth and, and healthy and safe. Uh, and then the two caveats I mentioned is voter registration. You can actually... We, we want you to make a plan. We want you to plan to vote. But if you decide at four o'clock on Election Day that you want to vote and you haven't yet registered, you can actually still do that. You can go to your local clerk's office, your city or township clerk's office, register to vote, get your ballot and return it right there. So we also have 
options, even for people who don't make a plan, who decide at the last minute that they want to vote. Uh, and then the, the last caveat I mentioned is uh, that if you do vote early, we want you to track your ballot and confirm it's been received. And you can do that at michigan.gov slash vote. Yeah. Uh, we want to hear from listeners about their questions uh, about voting, about uh, these last few days before November 3rd, what their options are. If you have questions about uh, ballots, if you have questions about absentee ballots, if you have questions about in-person voting, uh, this is the person who can uh, definitively answer most of those, if not all of those questions. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is always the number on the phones here. I want to quickly go to Bernadette and old Redford, who has uh, a question that's related to what we were just talking about. Bernadette, go ahead. Did was request an absentee ballot a month ago. After two weeks, I contacted the um, city clerk's office and was told that it would go out in the mail. Okay, now it's nearing a month. I don't have my absentee ballot, so I've decided that I'm going to go to the polls. How do I make sure that I am not uh, listed as an absentee voter? And somehow my vote is invalidated. I, I think that's a great question, Bernadette. And I think there's a lot of people who may be in the same kind of situation. What What do you do if you requested an absentee ballot? You don't have it. And so you just decide to go and vote in person. Yeah. Um, first, we have been tracking the numbers in terms of requests and ballots sent. And to the most, with very, very few exceptions, every ballot that's been requested has been sent. But we know that the mail service has been unreliable, uh, particularly in a lot of um, urban areas and in Detroit and in the metro area. So it is entirely possible that that something occurred. And, and for that reason, we do not... Um, uh, you, you should confirm this with your township or city clerk, uh, but you know until your ballot is returned with your signature on the envelope and confirmed as your signature, uh, you are not considered to have voted. And so um, if you show up on election day, all that will be noted in your file is that you requested a ballot and one was sent to you. But if you are, haven't returned it and it hasn't you know and, and, and been validated, and you can confirm that at michigan.gov slash vote, uh, you will be able to vote right then and there uh, in, in person at your precinct on Election Day. And I'll also mention 866-R-VOTE, O-U-R-V-O-T-E, is a national nonpartisan voter protection hotline so that if on Election Day you were to show up and there was some sort of snafu or you know um, any, any indication or, or challenge uh, to your voting, you can call that number and you'll have attorneys on hand to walk you through what you do next. And we're in touch with them as well so that they can call our office directly if there's something that we need to correct or get involved in. The bottom line is, you know, I, I recommend if you can contact your, your city or township clerk just to um, uh, confirm with them that you have not received your ballot. You do have the option also, by the way, to go there to their office and get a ballot between now and Monday if you're able to or if you want to, and then return it right then and there. Uh, and uh, But that said, you also have the option to vote in person at your precinct on election day. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got another kind of related question. Uh, Heather in Ferndale called. She wants to know about voter drop boxes. Do you have to drop your ballot in your city's drop box, or can it be any city's Dropbox? I think that's a great question, too. You have to use your local Dropbox, and that's why we encourage people to go to michigan.gov slash vote to enter your voter information and get 
your local Dropbox information. Find where if you're you supposed live to in, do it. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you live in Ferndale and you drop it in a Detroit Dropbox, it won't count. Uh, and that's also why we encourage you to track your ballot. But certainly, you know, that is an important caveat to make sure your it's your local Dropbox, which is ex- essentially a secure extension of your clerk's office. And that's why, just because you, you, just like you can't return your ballot to any clerk's office, you also have to make sure you're returning your your ballot to your local Dropbox. Yeah. Uh, before we get back to listeners, Jocelyn, I want to make sure we talk about what happened yesterday in the court of claims where a judge struck down your decision to ban open carry of firearms at polling location, locations. Uh, first, give me your reaction to that decision and then tell me what happens next. There are still six days until yeah. the election. Well, we, the attorney general has said she's appealing the ruling. And as the state's chief election officer, I have supervisory control over elections. And in that regard, the responsibility to protect every voter and their right to cast their va- ballot free from illegal intimidation and harassment. And that authority, that commitment continues. Uh, the safety of polling locations uh, is something that as a constitutional offer, officer is squarely within uh, the responsibility and authority I have to protect uh, and ensure voters can freely and securely exercise their right to vote. Uh, and and so we'll continue to work with local law enforcement to train our election workers to know what to do if you see intimidation or harassment or threats at the polls. And we will also have um, a team of folks all throughout the state on Election Day to uh, respond to incidents that occur as well uh, and ensure that there's um, that we're prioritizing the safety and security of every voter uh, across the state. So so uh, some of the criticism that was directed at you after this order was about you doing it unilaterally, the idea that, that you just made this decision uh, about voting uh, without without uh, involving the other the other branches of government. How do you how do you respond to that criticism? Well, certainly I have a responsibility, again, as an an executive authority to issue regulations and guidance to protect the safety of polling locations uh, and, uh, you know, again, uh, protect voters and protect their right to vote. So uh, the same authority that, you know, uh, uh, under which we prohibit photography and video recording in polling places, which is to protect the privacy of voters. Um, From that, uh, we have, you know, an an authority. I have an executive authority to, and, and again, especially in response to emergency or emergent threats, uh, to protect voters and do and, and provide guidance and clarity to clerks as to what that protection should look like and what they should do if they see something or encounter a problem at the poll. So that's essentially the, the essence of this directive and uh, in recognizing that um, you know brandishing firearms in a polling place can result in voter intimidation, interference, or even discomfort. Um, I'll continue to, to do whatever I can, can do to protect voters against um, any intimidation and threats. Yeah, and 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 I, I want to say something here about the balance that needs to be struck between constitutional rights, like the right to carry or the right to open carry, or your constitutional rights to free speech, mm-hmm. and the right to vote. Uh, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are saying, well, you know, how can you abridge my right to carry uh, around a, a polling place and what what that misses is that your job is to balance those rights. It's not that one uh, matters 
less than the other, but it, it's about how you strike the, the, the sort of uh, balance between the two to make sure mm -hmm. uh, that one does not uh, overwhelm the other. And that's a, t that's a tough thing to understand, but it's really important, especially with voting. Yeah, and it's, it's, we see it in many other ways. For example, you can't campaign inside a precinct as well. There's right. a very kind of unique sanctity of the polling place that is well grounded in the law uh, where the right to vote is really preeminent among about about everything else and it's you know it's a temporary uh, location. It is a moment. It is a you know uh, clearly defined location where voters' rights need to be protected. And you know, again, as the chief election officer, my job is to make sure that protection is a reality. And uh, even in this very harsh climate, harsh political climate that we're in, and I'm going to continue to do that uh, and in furtherance of you know, the delegated authority and the statutory and constitutional authority I have in my role as the Secretary of State. Yeah. Okay. I want to get back to the phones. We got really great questions lined up here this morning. Uh, Patrick in Hazel Park. Patrick, what's on your mind? Hey, how are you? Hey. Hey. So uh, my question um, has to do with the life of a ballot. Kind of thinking about uh, how it progresses through its life cycle once it's been received by the clerk. Um, I'm thinking in terms of absentee ballots, but when I look around at like North Carolina and the rejection rates, I know. Most ballots are rejected because they're late, some because of signature stuff. But what about after that fact? Like, when is the outer envelope open? When is the inner envelope open? How are they stored in the meantime? What happens when they're rejected on election day? Can you kind of walk me through that process? Hmm. A great question, Patrick. Uh, Jocelyn, go ahead. Yeah, I'm happy to. And I would also direct you and any of the listeners to michigan.gov slash election security which in addition to michigan.gov slash vote goes at really in a deeper granular level about a lot of these things. Uh, and, and there's also videos as well that, that describe the security of the process. But the bottom line is uh, once first, no ballot is sent to a voter unless an application is received from them and the signature is verified as being uh, as validating their identity. Uh, and then once a ballot, once that identity is validated, a ballot is, is either given to or sent to a voter uh, that voter then, votes it, puts it in a secrecy sleeve, puts it in an envelope, signs the outside of the envelope, and then returns it to their township or city clerk. At this point, we're telling people to return it through your local Dropbox or to your clerk's office directly to make sure it arrives by 8 p.m. on Election Day. Upon receipt, the clerks are instructed to, as soon as possible, confirm the signature on the ballot envelope with the signature or the voter's signature that we have on file. And if there is a missing signature or if the signatures don't match, they're instructed to reach out to the voter in any way that they can. Uh, no Notably, not every voter provides their phone number or email or, you know, and sometimes you can only mail a voter that indication. And so that is a challenge that we want to improve upon in the years to come. But that said, uh, they will be and they are uh, reaching out to voters if there's a mismatch signature or verifying the signature. Once that signature is verified, the ballot is placed in a secure location. And we have many protocols and regulations around what that location is and how to ensure uh, the, sanctity, the sanctity and security of that location, that it can't be accessed by others, that if any door in time the door is open, there has to be a bipartisan group of people there, those sorts of things. And those details are on the websites I mentioned. Uh, and then on election day itself, 
or for 50, 51 communities the day before Election Day, those ballots will be taken from that secure location and they'll begin to be prepared for tabulation. Envelopes will be opened, ballots will be flattened, sorted into precincts and ready to go into the machines. That's the pre-processing that in many states happens prior to Election Day, but in our state mostly will happen on Election Day with the exception of 51 jurisdictions that will be starting on Monday to do that. The counting actually starts at 7 a.m. on Tuesday morning. And the tabulation occurs, you know, through the night until every ballot is counted. Now, we've um, dramatically increased the number of tabulation machines as well as people who will be on staff on Tuesday to increase the efficiency of this process. Uh, and uh, as uh, uh, the entire they're, they're counted by precinct at the absentee ballot level, as precincts are completed, then the, the machine prints out a tabulation and that tabulation is then given uh, to the clerk uh, who then um, uh, collates all of the tabulations and provides the full results and reports them out. Uh, so that whole process takes a lot of time. It doesn't start until 7 a.m. on Election Day. And uh, from the, the time the polls close, uh, as we start getting those tabulations in at the state level from our county clerks, we'll be reporting out those totals and give folks an understanding of where we are in the process, uh, because it may take some time for all those ballots to be tabulated, as we've been saying, uh, but we're committed to delivering the results as quickly as possible, but of course, not sacrificing the security or, um, you know, the methodical approach to that tabulation process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you have to run, uh, Jocelyn, but before before we let you go, I want to get you to address this question of cybersecurity. There's a recent mm -hmm. HBO documentary called The Perfect Weapon uh, in which a cybersecurity official says that a ransomware attack directed at local clerk's offices during the election is his number one fear. React to that assessment and talk about what uh, we're doing here in Michigan mm -hmm. to prevent it. Well, a couple of things. First, we're working closely with the FBI and Department of Homeland Security and all federal authorities to ensure once anything hits any state, we all know about it and, and can you know adjust if necessary. But secondly, we have um, spent the past year upgrading our, our local um, uh, um, connections, um, you know, websites and the like that sometimes uh, and, and tracking all ransomware attacks in other uh, states that may have occurred outside of election systems, but in state government, just to have a awareness on everything and a plan in place to respond. The, the good thing about Michigan is that we have 1,520, 1,520 different uh, township and city jurisdictions where elections are managed at the local level. So there's also limited impact as opposed to compared to other states that have a more centralized system if someone was going to use ransomware to attack a system. But we've got, um, so in addition to that kind of limited impact, we have secure protocols in place to uh, catch ransomware when it occurs. Of course, we also need to train all of our employees who access any system to know the signs, just like we all know the signs of the importance of double authentication, for example, or just not clicking on attachments if they come from someone you don't know. <laughs> and just those basic cybersecurity health protocols that, that we train our officials on. So uh, I, I'll say I, I feel good about where we're at, but you know, you also always have to allow for the potential for human error. If, uh, if someone accidentally clicks on something and it gets into the system, uh, we have to be able to catch it quickly. And that's where working with our federal uh, law enforcement authorities is so critical. Okay. Jocelyn Benson, Secretary of State here in Michigan. Of course, great to have you with us. And we look forward to the next Tuesday when we will yeah. get all of this done and start the vote counting. One way or another, we'll get through it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm confident it's going to be a good experience. And, and I'm hopeful Michigan 
will really be a model for the country in showing how to run efficient, high voter turnout elections in the midst of a pandemic where people can be confident that their votes are counted. Yeah. Uh, Also, I want to let you know that we have a lot of questions that came in on Twitter during this segment that we couldn't get to. So a lot of them are about individual ballots. Uh, I trust that you'll be able to try to answer those. We'll look into Uh, those. Thank you for flagging that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Thanks very much for being with us. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at how Metro Detroit immigrant communities are feeling ahead of Election Day. Stay with us for more Detroit Today. Detroit Today.